today I'm going to be interviewing my good friend Coco. Coco is a single gay dad of twins. He lives down the street from me and uh, we do a little running together. How you doing, Coco? Hi, how are you, Nathan? Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome, man. Awesome. Let's get it started. First of all, I just want to uh, take an opportunity to thank you for sitting down with me. It's it's you're you're one you have one of the most incredible stories. I think that uh, we've connected a couple of times uh, where we've got to sit down and talk and have have a few conversations. I was your running coach for a little bit. We did yes, that for a little bit. <laughs> um, and uh, I you know when this when I when I started shifting the concept of the podcast, uh, you were one of the first people that came to my mind that I wanted to sit down with and kind of explore your story. So we're going to do that for a little bit. Are you okay with that? Sure. Thank awesome. you. Thanks awesome. for the opportunity though. Appreciate it. Yeah. No worries, man. All right. So let's first start with, um, let's first start with being a young, uh, gay man and deciding to get married. Um, how old were you when you met Philip? Oh, well, I was 29 when I met him. 28, 29. Okay. Uh, we were friends first, like good, very good friends. And then, um, you know, after six months of being good friends and friendship, way more than that. So, um, we were together for all, all together 16 years. Um, we, uh, we got married when we had the opportunity in New York City. We were waiting for, uh, New York, uh, for uh, Florida to get a legalized marriage, but at the time we couldn't. So, uh, we decided that because the circumstances at the time, we decided to get married before Florida was accepted um, marriage here. So we went to New York. We got married. What led from friendship to knowing that Philip was the one you wanted to spend your life with? I don't know. I just, um, I mean, I know it sounds weird for some listeners, but, you know, once sometimes you meet somebody and you're like, oh, my God, you know, he has all the qualities you, you always thought about somebody, you know, and. And I always thought he's super handsome, super nice, and good person. I don't even think he's gonna look at me, you know. And then suddenly he was interested in me, so I was like, "Wow!" And we at, at the beginning we were think we were thinking about getting married. We we're just thinking about being together, you know. We we were together for a long time, so back in the '90s or late '90s. It, you know the mentality was different so we just wanted to be together and be happy and maybe have a house together and and you know little by little progressing to succeed succeeding uh, in our lives so um but you know after that we you know we went to some very bad circumstances in, in our in our marriage and no no like um moral or uh, you know love is just health you know he he was sick uh for a while and um and that made it uh, made our relationship more stronger because you know you get uh you love somebody you love most of the time is also pretty happy you know um good things and everything but i think the test comes when you know something serious and and you realize that you're human then something might happen to you and and you know nothing uh you're you might die the next day so our relationship went to the next level after that and i and i thought that you know i i you know i do this for him no matter what so it just i i thought you know this is the guy i want to spend my life with so and i he, he thought the same i guess at the time so at the time um when you two lovebirds were dating and and thinking about a life together America hadn't embraced a marriage equality yet as, as a whole. No, no uh, it wasn't. No. And so when you say that you weren't thinking about marriage, do you think that was situational just because it wasn't an option for you? Yeah, it wasn't an option. We, uh, like we got together in 1998. <laughs> so it's been a, been a while. And then, uh, the year 2000, uh, I remember there, there were, um, when they had some, uh, I mean, probably um, marches and everything. They were discussing about um, partnership or um, how you call that um, um, when you when you live with somebody um, domestic partnership. Domestic partnership. So we wanted to do that. You know, we wanted to be in it. So and we did that. We decided to register. In, I think it was in Florida, 
and um, after that um, equality equality uh, was talking about um, legalizing marriage so with with all uh, why not I mean we pay taxes we you know we do everything like everybody else we you know we love each other so we should get married when you first so you said you traveled to New York to get married yes that's all I got when you first when you first got married when you came back to, to Florida were you able to like file as a married couple were you able to do like file taxes as a married couple well, this was uh, unfortunately everything was sudden it was very happy to, to get married but everything after that happened really fast so we couldn't I you know a lot of things we couldn't do because he's self at the time so let's do you mind getting into that a little bit no I, I'm okay so okay <laughs> I want to make sure. Sure. Um, so Philip got sick. Yeah. Shortly before you guys got married, right? And uh, no. Well, like I said, we were together since 1998, mm-hmm. and we um, we were pretty uh, pretty sport oriented. We're very we call jocks. You know, we like to play a lot of sports. Um, we uh, we enjoyed each other's company. We were very good friends, and we used to play volleyball together. Uh, we were six men indoor. We travel uh, United States in a private uh, for a private club, and um, in one of those uh, tournaments, he blew his his knee up, and uh, he was going to have surgery back in two thousand and four. And at that time, we were thinking about already uh, filing for adoption with. Uh, uh, and out of the country. I'm from Peru, so I was thinking about going to Peru to um, see if we can adopt a kid. And the same time that he blew his knee, he was going to have surgery. I was traveling to Peru to talk to the attorneys. And when he came back, uh, that that day that he um, um, he dropped me off at work and he went to get his blood test for the surgery that was going to be on a Monday. And I remember that was a Thursday. Um, a few hours later, he called me he's crying. He's like, uh, I need to, the doctor has called me. I need to go to the emergency room. Something is wrong with my blood. And, uh, and I was like, what could it be? So, uh, when we got there, uh, an oncology was in the emergency room waiting for him. And they said that, um, his white cells were very high and, uh, that most likely he they needed to rule out leukemia and and they did a bone marrow uh, test. I don't know if you ever know what it is. What it, how is that is that done? It's supposed to be with anesthesia. They take a, a little piece of your hip bone and see if you have something in your in the cells in there. So they did that without anesthesia. They did it right there and um, and it was verified that he had um, leukemia. So since that time. Um, you know, our world went upside down. <laughs> you know, he was very young. I was very young. So we, you know, never thought that he was able to have that, something like that. So our relationship went to the next level. And after that, he's, he told me, Coco, you can leave. I mean, we're, we're just say, you don't want a crippled boyfriend. You know, I can call my parents. My parents can help me. And I said, no, I'm with you. I don't, I don't need any papers to be with you. You know, I just I'm going to take care of you. So I did. Um, we got into this program for uh, um, leukemia, a special treatment that they were trying, a, tri- a trial, and um, it, the doctors say um, it's 80% chances that he can live. And I was like, my God, 80 chances of percent he can live, that's great. And he's like, Coco, I want 100% chance. I don't want to die in 20% chances. So it took me a little bit like, yeah, you're right, you know, why, why? But they said, no, we just have to be the odds. So we continue. He became cancer-free for many years. And um, we decided to, again, adopt. But um, the government here in Florida did not let gay people adopt. We went through all the uh, all the um, certification pr- process. And at the end, when they were given us their, and the, the diploma to certify, said, his, they said, uh, just want to let you know, even though you, you are certified, if you were to a judge, they're not going to give it to you because you guys live together and you cannot tell Ellis that you're that you're a, a, mar- a gay couple. So tell us practically we wasted our time doing it. So we decided. How, how long was that process that you went through before you were told that you weren't going to be able to adopt? Oh, it was it was like 
it was a program like eight weeks, you know, where every Saturday, I think that we had like a five hour, six hours training, you know, how to become a foster parent and how to become a, how to adopt kids from the system. So after that, we were very discouraged and we decided to, to go through um, uh, private adoption, which it didn't work either for us. Uh, it was a crazy roller coaster, you mm -hmm. know, and um, uh, at the end, we were very discouraged and we decided to um, stop for a little while. And then uh, literally the next day that we stopped, we went to, a, to a, a bar with some friends and I saw one of my friends that haven't seen in a while. And he asked me how the process of adoption is going. I said, no, we're, we're done. I said, well, I have a friends that they did a surrogacy program and uh, you should check it out because, you know, they, they, um, they're working with gay couples. So we went and talked to this lady and that's how we started doing the surrogacy process. And uh, during that time we um, lost uh, three pregnancies mm. and you know, we had the last attempt of pregnancy and that was in 2012, 2013, I think. And um, fellow was starting to get um, some like panic attacks. So we thought, and uh, so um, he went to uh, the doctor and they say you might have an uh, anxiety or depression, you know, trying to get him some medication for that. Then he started um, looking into some, like seeing something weird once in a while, like burning, like the image of, of you burning a little bit. So we went to the emergency room when I remember and um, and at the same time, we were having a call from uh, the surrogacy program that we had a, uh, an embryo that needed to, um, we needed to know where, whether we gonna try it again or not. So um, they, when he got back from, the, when we got in the emergency room because he spent the night there, um, they told us that he looks like he has a, a small, a little, um, two more in his brain but it looked like it was um a benign and i said to fellow you know we should not do this the you know the surrogacy program we should just stop and you know we have to take care of your health and he said no no don't do it why i said is something's wrong with me we ha i went we went through a lot of stuff it's enough i say something happens to me in these babies these babies he said work out you're not gonna be alone. So no, go ahead. No matter what's wrong with me or if it's nothing, it's nothing. If it's not, you know, we're gonna have them and that's it. So I left them, I, you know, and it ended up being after, um, after mixed diagnosis for a long time, we, uh, we went to the last attempt and we got pregnant. So we got pregnant with twins and <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, was pretty excited you know uh, we went to find out the sex of the babies we went to do the sonogram on the sixth month and when we found out we are, we're gonna have a boy and a girl um philip was he was feeling worse to the point that um uh, he was you know vomit, you know vomiting and everything so i took him to the emergency room again and they told us that it was a huge tumor. It wasn't a small tumor. The tumor has grown. So they, they made a emergency surgery, sorry. And um, he, um, they removed the tumor the size of a lime on his head. And they said I wasn't looking good. So um, after that, you know, he, um, we went back to the doctor, he, was fine you know for a while but they say that you know that the tumor that he got was cancer and and it was the worst cancer again somebody had and um he will have he has you have from six months to a year or two years depending and he had a glioma which is very aggressive cancer i think uh senator kennedy had the same cancer and um they told, they told him to get his matters straight so <clears throat> Uh, by that time we were married. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I'm sorry. I got such a gun. Uh, when he wasn't feeling well and we got pregnant, 
this uh, said jokes that well, we have to get married now because we don't want the kids to be out of wedlock, so we have to get married. <laughs> the first ever, the first ever gay shotgun marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to get married, and you know, we we couldn't wait for for Florida. Florida, you know, unfortunately, this state, you know, it's it's very uh, volatile. <laughs> you know, you don't know what's going to happen from one time to another. So we went to New York, and and it was a very private ceremony and but you know we were married what year what year did you guys get married? uh we got married 2013 yes and um they legalized marriage in florida in january 2000 and no i'm sorry january 2015 that's when they they, they legalized i think here and by then uh, phil already passed so huh. so um we uh, we did bury the lead there. Uh, when did Philip pass away? Um, he passed away in May third, two thousand and fourteen. Um, so three months after the babies were born, um, we had a. I don't know if it's an anecdote or um, one of the things that we wanted to um, be with the babies is nothing traditional. You know, um, they told us that we need to be with the kids in the house. You know, for two months. You know. The, you know the germs and everything uh, we were like no we we gonna make it out every weekend so we decided to go at, at least at, to the mall to do something so one of the those um, I remember was for Eastern in April uh, we went to Aventura Mall and um, we were the babies and we took the elevator and um, when I took the elevator uh, somebody held the door and they looked at us and they're like and he turned around and looked and made a sign that he can come in and it was Rick Scott <laughs> with uh with you know his bodyguards or whoever and they were taking the elevator with us. It's a small it's a short trip in the elevator, it's a two story. But um he looked at he looked at the, at the babies because I have a double stroller and he's like, Oh and who are these little beautiful babies? Who's who's uh whose family is that? you know, and I says um, the father and he's like looking around for the mother and say who and um, where is the mother i said no there's two dads <laughs> and uh and he like looked at me like yeah we're married i said we're married these are these are kids mr scott are you mr scott and it's like yeah and he didn't say anything he turned around and just like when the door opened he walked out then he turned around and he said uh, um you have a beautiful family and I remember that uh, that I put that in Facebook that you know I met Rick Scott and and at the time we were fighting marriage equality and he didn't want to legalize marriage here so I thought that I should wrote a letter to him open letter about um, his encounter that even you know that we were a regular family like anybody else he mm -hmm. should let us um, he should he should let marriage equality to to allow in florida you're so much nicer than me i'd have just yelled legalized marriage you prick <laughs> nobody should be illegal you dumb well, shit you know i forgot uh, he did he did tell philip and i said philip stole uh was tall he was six five and he was uh bold and Rick Scott is bold and he's tall so he turned around and looked at philip and said oh we will you and i have the same haircut and philip said well mine is cancer what is yours and uh and you feel hated him you know he was like yeah so that's like and that's when he got quiet walked out and he didn't say anything else so did philip love being a dad he he was he was so happy and unfortunately he couldn't do much mm -hmm. he he worked he passed away on a saturday and his last day of work was friday mm. And uh, it was very sudden. So he was, he functioned completely normal at work, like excellent, like nothing happened to him. But he got home and he crashed, mm -hmm. you know, he was super tired and he tried to help a lot. And that fr Saturday he passed away, he came into the room of the kids and said, um, he kissed them and said, God, they're beautiful. I said, thank you for giving me he said, thank you for giving me this, this family. Uh, you know, the kids are beautiful. 
I love you. And that was the last time we talked. So, one of the things um, that has long attracted me to you and your story has been the love story of you and Philip. And, um, you know, uh, you've talked around it, you've talked to it. I've seen, obviously, seen um, social media posts. And uh, I don't think that I've ever encountered a more iconic and real love story. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you very much. Thank you. I really do. So we pivot into a new section of life. You've now been thrust into being a single father. You were mid-30s, right? No, No, No. I wish. (laughs) I was mid-40s. You were mid-40s. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I always forget that you're you're a couple (laughs) years older than me and not the same age. For those of you who can't see, go to our Instagram page. Uh, Coco's handsome as shit. So so, um, we're not going to say his age, but he looks a decade and a half younger than he actually is. Um, No, so now you have to pivot. Now you have to change. You were both working at the time or... When he passed away, yeah, we were both. I I was in management. I uh, when we decided to have a family, I, one of we decided to one of us needed to stay with the kids and everything. So I was the one, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll stay with the kids somewhere, you know. He had a better job at the time, you know. And so I was like, okay, just stay home or get a easy easy job. And you know, when he passed away, I needed to buckle up again and you know enter into the business I was before, which is after four years of hiatus kind of because I was doing some you know health health job but it wasn't what I used to do before which brought me more money so it was very hard to get in get back into after four year gap Mm -hmm. but I had to do it I mean I couldn't make money at the time there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of moms out there that go through that go through a similar process right like where they're 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 the ones de- uh dedicated to to raising the family and then something happens and they have to get back into the workforce how difficult was it for you to start finding your footing with two two young very young twins three months right yeah. three months old uh how hard was it for you to like pivot into trying to f- get in back into the workforce find child care and things like that i guess i mean if you put everything without gender everything is the same mm-hmm. you know and i never thought that i was going to raise my kids by myself all all my projects all my all, all our our um, our thoughts was that we were raising them together you know switching you know parenting you know some help you you know help you here help you there and um just like changing to that to morning fellow newborn babies trying to get back into uh, i wasn't my my regular job and seeing that money wasn't enough and trying to find a new job it was like a blur i mean 2014 for me was like uh the happiest of my my whole entire life and the saddest of my life you know because Mm -hmm. the the birth of the kids you know the death of my husband and the challenges i mean i just a lot of stuff i decided to put everything like I took a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures, a lot of videos of the kids and everything because I know that I wasn't going to remember all this like craziness that was happening at the time, you know. So just getting, trying to get into the force, I, I don't know. I just like I, 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 I pushed through. I mean, I just I thought I thought I was weak as shit, you know. I thought I mean I cry a lot, you know. I was like, I mean, I was I was a mess, and then I just like suck it up. And, you know, trying to, I mean, Philip passed away on a Saturday and then the next month, a week after the Monday, I was working again full time. Damn. Yeah. So, I, and, you know, it just like to put that face that, you know, just you have to continue going. I mean, I didn't have any more time off because I had, um, I already had the maternity leave, mm-hmm. you know, and I consumed that because the babies were newborn. So he passed away three months after. So like right when I... I had my all my time off left. I mean, used. I had to come back to work, so I just have to like push it through. And I, in eternally grateful to my parents. You know, my mom. Thank God she lives um, nine miles from here, which is twenty minutes. And you know, and <laughs> these are her only grandkids. You know, my brothers 
my brother Stray and he's married and he never went out kids of his own and he she had me the gay older guy you know she's like oh I'm doomed I'm not gonna have anymore you know mm-hmm. no grandkids and suddenly she got you know two grandkids two, yeah. so you know and she they helped me uh, trying to get into you know that and I think everybody should have that like not only family but like friends or something that support you to because you can do I don't think I, I could have done it by myself all this you know was your mom always supportive of of you as a as a as her as you said you're her older gay son was she always supportive of that or well I it was I mean when I was growing up obviously you know I grew up in the 80s and um you know I heard some stuff that she, some comments that she I knew I was gay and I one time she made a horrible comment probably your your audience gonna be like oh my god but I remember she talking to somebody uh, one of her friends and she said I'd rather to have a a death song than a gay song or a drug addict song mm. or a criminal a killer you know so I was like oops I'm doomed <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself because I don't want to hurt my wow. parents you know so I was probably 13 14 mm. and uh and I lived through that you know like that mentality so I never wanted to tell him anything and yeah when I you know when when I got to the United States and she found out a, a year later, probably, and she found some letters that some friends wrote me up, you know, that was the evidence. <laughs> Just letters, like, conver- conversating, you know, happening somewhere, some certain things. And uh, and then, you know, the first thing she, she said was, like, who made you gay? It's, you know, she, she blamed herself. And... She's like, it's impossible. You have you have friends, you have girlfriends, you have, you know, it's impossible you can be gay, you know. Know my song, know my song, you know. So we went through the whole process, and I think a lot of gay people go through that. Um, she did not reject me, which was, I think, that's the most important part of parenting. You know, can you cannot reject your kid. I mean, you reject your kid, you know, and it's, and it's, uh, it's a fucked up situation. I mean, you are... They are, they adore you, you know. You are no matter what you do, they you're their hero. So I mean, for me, I mean, my mom said, you know, well, let's get help. You know, maybe it's just a temporary thing, you know. So she took me to the doctor, the psychologist, you know, trying to not cure me, but like trying to find out what happened. So the psychologist <laughs> uh, got a meeting with her and my stepdad at the time, and she said, um, Coco is a very well center gay men what you guys need to do is learn to treat a gay son <laughs> you know i'm talking about like early 90s mm-hmm. you know and we didn't talk for a while about it and it was like a non non-secret you know we you just got quiet and she knew that i didn't talk to the doctor i guess she was trying to figure out how, how she was going to do it and at the time I become, um, I, I had a boyfriend, you know, and was a nice guy and she met the guy and she realized that, um, you know, gay males are not always promiscuous, like everybody put it back in, you know, at the time. So, so you guys figured it all out, right? Everybody kind of yeah worked their um, way through it. She realize that i mean coming from a third world country unfortunately you know gay people is mistreated and they're the the worst of the worst you know i'm not talking about maybe now it's a little bit different but when i grew up you know it's, it was it's taboo and you know it's the worst thing that you can do and you know trying to f- my mom trying to figure out that i was we, we are no i'm just human and you know happened that i like boys you know and I mean, she got to accept it, you know, and she realized that I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to um, pat on my shoulder, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a decent guy. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I, I was very lo- lovable, you know, I'm, I'm healthy, I like sports, you know, I never did drugs in my whole life, you know, so. You're missing out. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but so I, I was like, you know, and then she realized that I, you know, that I was a good person and you know and you tell her now I mean she defends 
me and you know every gay person you know she's like you know uh, she has friends that they find other kids are gay and my mom is like you know advise them you know don't ever turn your back to them don't ever kick them out of the house you know kids can turn you know it's the worst i mean i have friends that their parents you know as soon as they find another gay they're they're out of their house and you know that's it's a baby it's a kid you know mm -hmm. i mean you can't do that to a kid you know it's, it's the worst thing you can do to your parents rejecting you know you know that's man i i i am it's it's you know it's it's rough to to talk to some of my friends in 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 the community and and hear their stories the broken-hearted stories of of the interactions with their parents and it, it is good to hear that your mom might have not been totally accepting but she never rejected you and that's that's super valuable even even if the even if the part where she didn't accept it at first was painful and it was hard to work through. And I, I can't imagine what that was like for you. Like, I, I can't. I've, I, my father's told me he's disappointed in me one time. And that was because I didn't go, t t didn't go to work one day. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So that's like so, that's so, uh, so minimal compared to this. You're born this way and you're taught the, this, that it's a burden. And I can't imagine that being something to hear from my parents to tell me that a way I was born is unacceptable. Yeah. So... I'm so glad to hear that your mom, you know, didn't reject you and, and now has come full face and is now supporting you and the community and and is trying to advise other parents. And that's that's beautiful to hear. Um, it's no wonder you're a great dad. You know, you got a little bit of you got a little bit. <laughs> let's pivot to your kids, man, your kids. First of all, you have a boy and a girl. Yes. And they are gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> They're the most beautiful children I have ever Thank seen in my life. Some people say they look like me, but... No. They do look <laughs> no, like you. Kidding. The boy looks like you a lot. <laughs> yeah, Santiago looks a lot like you. Um, so you, you, you got back into work when they were they were three months old. How hard was it for you at first to be like separated, like going back to work and not being there for every single thing? Oh, every yeah. Day? I mean, it's like I my mom was there and, you know, send me a picture, send me a video, you know, send me... You know, and then like, you know, fellow was dead, you know, like all this mixed emotions while I was going through work. So, you know, I just have to pull it through. And it was, it's like when you were at that moment, you know, I was like, I don't know if I can make it. You mm. know, I don't know if I can really make it. And you, I got back home and the babies like, they were awake and you know, you're like, you completely forget about everything. You just want to be with the kids and you just like want to feed them, you know. I, and change your diapers, you know, just think that you, you're supposed to be doing and, you know, that, that, I think that helped me a lot, you know, that helped me to, you know, mourn differently, you know, mm -hmm. have more of, of, of an optimistic view that, you know, have to pull through for this, for these little kids that they're, they're mine and they're looking out and I'm looking out for them, you know? Right. You know, you never want to burden your children with the idea that they saved you or saved yeah. your life, but it's true sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes in some of our, in some of our darkest moments, you know, I, when Riley was very young, um, I, 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 I would tell everybody all the time, this kid saved my life, like just literally changed me as a human being. So, and you know, my circumstances weren't yours. So the fact that you could come home from work and you didn't have to sit alone in a home mourning your husband, you had a responsibility to two other people. You say that that kind of maybe relieved some of the burden of mourning maybe? yeah i mean every time that i felt sad you know that i thought i was alone just with the kids because i you know at the end of the night i was just I'm like i'm still now i mean I, mm -hmm. you know they go to bed and i'm alone but i it's, it's different now than, than then but i always thought you know what he told me fell all the time you know, you know if something happens to me at least you're not going to be alone mm -hmm. you know there's going to be us you know this is something that we make together i mean uh physically we didn't make them together but you know just you know something that we decided to make and i mean it wasn't a mistake you know it was something made out of love that the, and that's what i tell my kids you know this is daddy fellow and i we we had so much love that we wanted to share love with somebody else and what other i say women and, and male couples once they have so much love they they make kids because they physically can't. They couldn't because we both have 
you know, they're, they're little. So I said, we, we both have seats and we need an egg. So, and we had somebody beautiful that gave us an egg so we can have you guys. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, and we, and we planned you, you know, we made you love. You were not a mistake. We tried, you know, we love you years before you guys mm. were made, you know. So I think they would never have a doubt that they were loved. You know, they were, they were you know, it was, I'm not putting anything in any straight cup or anything, but, you know, it's, it's the circumstances are different because we, like I said, we, we really want to have kids, you know, we mm -hmm. wanted to have, you know, wanted to love our, you know, our, wanted to love somebody, you know, besides us, you know, like, so. And it, I think that's, the, like you said, I think that's the same way with, with any couple that chooses to have children, right? It's, it's literally like, I have all this love. I want to pour it into another human being. Mm -hmm. And it happens to be a tiny human being yes. that you can shape and mold and grow and watch grow. Um, you're, how old are the kids now? There's seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. So second graders, right? Yeah, second graders. How's that going? How's school going? Good. They're very, um, uh, both are completely different. They're twins, but completely different. And, but they're amazing. I mean, they're, they're really, I can't really see little sponges, how they, you know, they can take all this information and they like to study. I mean, I mean, they're second grade, but, you know, they come home and they read for 30 minutes every day, you know, and um, they practice their, their music, you know, and they um, they just like, like to, you know, color and tell me the stories, what happened at work, at school, and, you know, and the sports they did, they, what they happened, they fell, you know, all, all these little things, they, you know, it's amazing to hear them, and I just like, stare and uh, staring at them and they're like papi what's wrong I said, nothing it's just it's happiness i mean it's just you know it's it's amazing that you know i'm we made this you know we mm -hmm. made we made these little things that they're gonna grow up to be hopefully amazing you know if i mean uh, you cannot have expectations the, uh, the only expectations for for me is for them to be happy mm -hmm. you know and i sometimes i catch myself like trying to be too strict Mm -hmm. And that's the bad thing about being a single parent because you are the bad cop and the good cop, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but, and I opted to be the bad cop most of the time. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's something I got to catch myself and I'm like, you know, just, you know, I, they have to be happy. So. See, I, I opt to be the good cop too often. And that's, <laughs> that's not the right way to go either. Um, so you're, you're working now you raise you raise these two kids by yourself. What do you find is the biggest challenge with now that they're second graders and and you're working full time? And what what do you find to be the biggest challenges to, to being a, a full time single parent? Besides maybe dating. Uh, oh, the single well, with the kids, uh, the outside. The, I mean, I know I'm very I'm, I know people's gonna, I mean. I'm a helicopter parent kind of thing, okay. <laughs> you know. No, so, me too. I, so I mean, I just like I, uh, you know, I I like to raise him happy, free, judge him, judge him free, you know. And, but it doesn't happen. It's not, you know. I'm trying to give him all this ideal stuff, but I know it's not happening. You know, some kids are mean. You know, mm -hmm. some and and that's I think that's the most the burden. And a parent, you know, they, there is so much that you can do that, you know, the rest is up to them, you know, and, and that's what it, that's what it is one challenging for me because I'm alone doing this. And you say dating, yes, I mean, for a single ma mother, it's hard to date. Can you imagine for a single gay guy? You know, you know, it's, it's much harder. I mean, everybody likes the idea of having a kid. Oh yeah, oh so cute. Oh yeah, I have a, I have a cousin, I have a nephew. You know, I, my, my 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 sister have a kid. I love my 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 nephews. I'm a ganko, they call it. You know, ganko means gay uncle. And uh, but it's not the same. I mean, you if you have a kid, you taking with it. You know, shit, poop. You know, tantrums. You know, love. You know, kicking into your. You know, jumping in your bed in the middle of the night. You know, all that. You know forget privacy then you know open the door like oh before the knock you know what are you doing i said i'm cooking no you're pooping I said, what? you know so, so why are you asking me if you know what i'm doing you know so like what? just give me five minutes i'm gonna need to you know just, just 
give me five minutes. But why you lock on the door? There, that's the that's look. I love my children more than anything. The worst part is they're always everywhere. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. You go yeah. somewhere, you try to. Sometimes I escape to the bathroom just for five minutes of quiet, and I just hear Ducey like, "Daddy." Daddy, I gotta show you this. Like, what? No, it, it can wait. Like, yeah, can you wait. see, you, we were talking, and my daughter used to knock on the door. It's just like, what she wants? She wants to eat a candy. So just eat the freaking candy. You know? My favorite part was my favorite part was, uh, it uh, it might be on in the background of the podcast, but they were being loud. You stepped outside, said, "Hey, I told you we were recording." Literally seconds later, yeah. like it was just. Yeah, it's, it's funny because kids—they're everywhere, no matter yeah. what. I. I think that I think that uh, I think that the one the one thing that uh, maybe people who try to date single parents don't understand is like if you're if you're an uncle, you eventually get to hand that kid back to someone. Yeah, these kids are everywhere. Every damn every damn place you yeah. go, they're there. Um, so I wanted I, w- I wanted to talk about uh, your kids go to private school. Yes. Right. Um, and it's famously a pretty conservative private school, right? Um, actually, it's, so far it's not. You've been doing okay. Okay. Yeah, we were doing great. I was going to ask if, I, if there if you get any if you get any. It's a non-religious school. Uh huh. So and that was I. I decided to put him in a private school, and I you know I I respect uh, a public school, mm-hmm. but. I raised in a private school and I, I always, when I would talk to fellow, we always talk about not giving them less what I, what I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe something personal or something, but I just, I opted to do and I, you know, I busted my ass to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want, I think the best legacy that you can give to your kids is giving an excellent education. Mm-hmm. And if I can expose them to a, you know, to everything that I can, that I can, that they can, they have these options to, to choose. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm die happy, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I just want them to be successful no matter what they choose, but I want them to give them the best if mm-hmm. I could, you know, as, and within my means and, you know, but I, I, I mean, I passed my ass to do it, but you know, I, that makes me happy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a giver. <laughs> no, I'm not a giver, but I just want them to, you know, I, I want the best for them, you know, you know, so it's, do are your kids pretty aware of the fact that maybe you might be viewed differently or 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 seen differently as a single gay father than maybe some of the other kids in their in their schools or their communities they um they understand you know they understand that um i i talk to them a lot within what they understand, you know, trying to make them understand certain things, but little, little examples and things like that. But, um, they know that, you know, back before we couldn't get married, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they know that. And they're like, why, <laughs> why, why can't get daddy Philip and you marry, you know? So, um, they understand that, you know, we are a, a special family, not as special in the fact that there is not many of us, you know, mm-hmm. we're not the common there's not, I don't think it's there in a common family anymore, like a traditional family, because traditional family doesn't exist that much anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know, we're just different, you know, but we, we have the same, the common denominator, we love each other. So I think that's, so and that's, that's the best part. And their school is, is excellent. They have a week, like a, each kid has a week and they can talk about their family and they have brought pictures of, us, you know, on my wedding and, you know, how they were made, they, they know everything, you know, how, you know, the reason why they don't, there is not a mother in the relationship, you know, and, and somebody asking, so why don't you have a mother? One of the kids went there because they have a, they had to do a presentation. I mean, they're second grade, but they had to do a presentation in front of their friends and they have to ask, take questions, you know. So why don't you have a, ma- a mother? And they said, well, how to that? You know, some people have one mother, one father, some people have one mother, some people has two mothers, you know, but I have I had two dads. My dad passed away, but I have one dad. But I also have a grandmother who I call her mommy, which is my is my grandmother, but it's my, you know, I, I love her like a mommy, you know, because my mom is always present. So, you know, and they understand that, you know, so 
they haven't um thank god they have not and i'm I expected at one point that somebody's gonna say something to them, you know, something mm. mean or something. But I'll take care of it when that happens, you know. Right now, I just concentrate on what's going on right now. You know, you can't fight little kids if somebody's mean to your kids. Right? Really? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oops, you tripped. <laughs> you know, that's always. I think. I think that's a universal fear that that. Uh, that your kids are going to encounter mean kids and like you literally there's nothing yeah. you can do other yes. than just tell them tell your children hey that's their problem yeah. you know you don't have to worry about that are your ki- i have a question and it's been i've always wanted to know you're very athletic like you're uber athletic are your kids athletes at all or well uh so far i don't trying to push them to do i mean mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a i'm a runner not as fast as you are but i'm a runner <laughs> and well, I'm older, so I cannot be. <laughs> but uh, they run so far. They run two miles with me. Oh wow! But uh, they, uh, my daughter loves likes to run. She's like, my son is like, ah, I don't want to run. And, but they do sports. They love swimming. They they do they swim three times a week, and they play tennis. And um, right now, my son is, um, is is practicing diving. Oh wow! So, and they, um, my daughter was doing diving, but she, she's a little bit drama queen like her dad. So, <laughs> so I, I think like the coach pushed her from the, from the trampoline or whatever they call it, from the board and she fell on her butt and on her face and her belly and she doesn't want to do it anymore. So I don't want to force her, but my son loves it so far. So he's been practicing and doing that. So do you actively put them in sports or you kind of let them choose what they want to do? Because you played volleyball. Yeah. Uh, you still play a little bit. We were just yeah, talking outside about just, how you hurt yourself. Yeah, I don't uh, to show up in front of the young people <laughs> and then decided to pull my, 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 my hamstring. <laughs> do, you, do you push them to play sports or do you just kind of let them pick and choose? Or well, what's, what's they, kind of your philosophy? Uh, swimming they've been doing since they're a year and a half, you know. So they love swimming. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I, they swim in school. And, you know, I take them to school and they swim in school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like last year, I, we went somewhere and I, and I started, we started swimming and they, and they said, holy shit, they're doing freestyle. And, it's, and they're like, yeah, we do freestyle. I thought like, you know, swimming like little ducks, you know, <laughs> they do swimming, uh, breaststroke, butterfly, back, backstroke, you know, and they do all, they, like the four styles or the five styles, whatever you call it. So they love, they love, that's the main sport for them. I think it's swimming. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm trying to introduce the sports like, okay, let's walk, let's go walk, let's mm-hmm. walk, let's see the houses around here. So we walk, you know, two miles, mm-hmm. you know, or sometimes like, oh, it's not a cold, you know, I haven't run this morning and I need to run another two miles. Will you run with me? You know, oh, well, let's go. Come on, let's do it. I just, little by little, I don't want to force him because, you know, I, when I was a kid, I never played sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in an all-male high school and I knew I was gay. So I never wanted to play sports because I thought I, thought I was going to be too girly, mm-hmm. <laughs> certain you know, quotations, or they were going to think I'm a wimp, you know, certain sports. So I never like decided to play soccer or anything like that. That's interesting to me because you, you are a really good athlete. Um, you, you never felt comfortable playing playing a sport because of because of your I was gay yeah Yeah, because I thought I had my legs you know I I mean I'm gonna I never like when I entered puberty you know and and, and my friends they all have hair on their legs and I I had no hair on my legs and never I'm 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 hairless Mm -hmm. so you know and I'm afraid that you know if I were short, they want to say they have a girl's legs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to play soccer, or you know, or I want to. I didn't want to run. I run. I I run it a, a few times. I was doing 400 meters, mm-hmm. and I was fast, but I. I just like I'm feeling comfortable, you mm-hmm. know. There, I saw the guys like you know taller than me or bigger, and you know, and you know, just like oh, they're gonna think I'm too too puny or too you know. I was very shy. I didn't want. I I, I thought. When you're in that age that you you know there's something different than anybody else, you feel like everybody's looking at you. Every mm-hmm. little thing is like you think that you know. Oh, they're gonna notice that I'm gay. Oh, they're gonna you know. Even though when I was in college, you know, I didn't want to drink because 
I thought if I was drinking, I was going to be, you know, I was going to loosen up more and people were going to notice that I was gay, you know, so. <laughs> so how long were you closeted? I, I mean, I came here and then I guess until I was 20. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was in, I didn't, I mean, I had my experiences, but mm -hmm. I never, you know, I never, um, I never told anybody. My parents, my mom found out. So I think that's when I. When they, you know, she found out because she found a letter of mine, you know. So you were, you never actually came out to your parents. You were outed by herself. Yeah. 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 Was that difficult? I know you said that she was a little, like it, it was a little tough, but yeah. was it difficult to not be able to share your experience instead of having it like thrust on? Well, you? I don't, when you're that age and, you know, now is, you know, National Coming Out Day and, you know, all this mm -hmm. stuff, but I was just, I was going through the motions. I just thought, you know, if I hide this enough, I don't have to hurt their feelings. I don't have to hurt it. I don't want them to be uh, non-proud of me, you know. So it's always about, as a kid, you always think about what your parents are going to think about you. And, you know, mm -hmm. you're so, that's what I say, it's so important that you support your your child mm -hmm. because they look so much up to you, you know. And then if you, if they, if you see disappointment, they destroy inside, you know, and and I just didn't want to do that to them, you know. They wanted to, to feel disappointed that I was not what they wanted me to be, hmm. you know. And and that's that takes to another level because you know my parents were very, uh, um, you have to do this, you have to do this, you know, to become a, you know, to be successful. I wanted to be, I wanted to be an interior designer. And it's like, how can you gonna be interior designer? That's for women. Women, you know, you're not supposed to be interior designer. You can, you have to be on a, um, a business management or something like that. So I have another question that I would, I would like to follow up kind of in the same vein. And I know that every situation is different. Every time a, a, a child comes out or is outed, um, what advice would you give to parents that you maybe wanted someone to tell your mom or that you would like parents to know whose whose child either comes out to them or that they discover that their child is gay? What what advice would you give to parents in order to maybe make the environment a place where the child can learn and grow and be themselves? Don't I mean it's your child? It's not you. It's not about you. I mean, fuck you. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's your child. You, you have the responsibility. You brought this person into this world, and respect that. I mean, it's not oh, what people's gonna say or what they're gonna, you're gonna, how they're gonna look at me. You know. No, if the kid needs support him. I mean, at the beginning it's gonna be hard. You know. It's, because you have all these expectations, but those are your expectations. That's, that's you know, you have everything is comes out of your head, and I think that's where you know I'm talking the sample of my mom, mom. You know, and she, she was like, oh my god, my family, what's it gonna say? You know, the oldest of all the kids, you know, the handsome, you know, Coco, you know, he's gay, you know, and and my mom is always like very, she's like, upfront, she's very like powerful and everything so it was about her like what people was gonna say so i think she realized that it's not about her she has a kid and a kid needed support because if the kid doesn't have your support which is the most uh essential i mean the family is the most the most the strongest support that you can ever have if that's if that um support is broken i mean the kids get fucked up Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where all these a lot of gay people are so fucked up because they, you know, what is most essential for them, the, the mother or the father that they looked out for so long, and they're suddenly they say, you know, I, I just think I like boys or I like girls or you know, I love a boy, I love a girl. The parents think about themselves, they fuck you, and I don't want you to family. I don't want, I don't want a broken one. I don't want a kid without a leg. That's mm -hmm. the, like saying, you know, like something is is like that. You know, isn't it? See, that's the strangest thing about parenting, right? Is we poor. We pour so much into our children. However, we still have expectations of them. And if one of your expectations is that your child will be straight, 
like you immediately revert back to that selfish mentality of what's this going to do to me? What's yes. this going to do to our family? Yeah. And it's, it's, it, you see it in a lot of different areas, right? Like, uh, maybe a dad who wanted his son to play football and his son's not any good. And he's like, well, what are people going to think? You know, yeah. I, I, and, and that's trivial compared to, uh, a young person trying to, trying to navigate this world as, as, uh, as a gay person in an unsupportive family. But the, the fact of the matter is, is anytime it's, it's, we pour so much into our children, but when they challenge our expectations of them, we revert back to that selfish mentality of this yeah. isn't what I wanted for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that you're spot on. Like the answer is fuck you. Like your expectations for your children don't mean as much as you think they do. Right. Yeah. You just ultimately you want your, your, your child happy. Mm-hmm. You know, so support his freaking happiness. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's the only thing. I mean, it's just it's. Uh, I mean, now I'm a parent. You know, and I, I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm an older parent, and I, you know, sometimes I'm like I have to step back because I say, wait a minute, I have to remember that it's not about me. It's about mm-hmm. them, and you know, so they don't want to. You know, sometimes I, I want them to. You know, I want them to run. You know, but they don't want to run. It's like I try to force and say, you know what? No, why? What? What the hell? Because I want. Oh, because Coco runs. Their kids have to run. No. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, if they don't want to run, it's fine, you know. They like to dance, so they're freaking dancing, you know. Right. They like to sing, I mean, I love to sing, but you know, they're, you know, just sing, you know, just, I mean, we were, I, I mean, I went to so much fucking tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. that nothing matters. I mean, at the end, everybody's going to die, everybody's going to, you know, but you just have to do, you want to die saying, God damn it, I did what I wanted to do. You right. know, I wanted, you know, or, or, you know, or same for the kids. I'm going, you know, I'm going to be, you know, if I, God or the universe grants me the, the, the power to see them older, you know, I'm going to be like satisfied and saying, you know, I did everything I could and they're fucking happy because I let them be what they wanted to be. Absolutely. You know? God, that's so good. You know, so it, that for me is the foundation of the way I parent is I just want to give these kids enough space to be, I want to, of course you want to, you want to instill in them kindness and, and, and uh, an idea to stand up for themselves and search for themselves. But you, one of the ways to do that is to get yourself out of the damn way, get out of the way, let them search, let them challenge, let them understand. I'm like you, you talked about it a minute ago. I'm a helicopter parent. I'm around these kids constantly. What are you doing? How's it going? Yeah. How's that? Don't do that. Hey, yeah. well, do that state. But sometimes I have to remind myself, I can only protect them so much mm-hmm. and then get the hell out of the way, man. Yeah. Let them figure their lives out. I, um, I'll give you an example. I, I, you know, I show kindness. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I see so many, I'm not generalizing, but I see so many kids that they don't, you walk somewhere, they don't freaking see you. They don't, you know, they're like, you're, you're not there like the, you, know, you look at their eyes and they're like turn around i mean show respect for an adult and that's what i teach them you know show respect you go into a room you say good morning you say good night happy birthday whatever thank you so much you always thank the people who serve you so i was you know always be kind to somebody because you never know the next day where you're gonna be so and and i and i and i when i'm and, and i make them sure that that's that's their principle to be kind to people to be thankful for what they have and to be you know to be to move forward to to give forward you know mm-hmm. to pay it forward like they mm-hmm. say you know and one time i had an uh i dropped the kids and i um i i got a call from their school and i like you know me helicopter but oh my god what the hell happened you know so the secretary calls me and she's like uh, uh coco um First of all, the kids are fine. I was like, oh, okay, okay. What's, what's going on? And I just want to let you know that I just told, um, I just saw Ella and, and, and Santiago, my kids. Um, they're walking and they're talking in the hallway. And and uh, Ella turns and fix Santiago's jacket. And Santiago looks at her and they hug each other and give a kiss each other. They say, I love you, I love you too, have a good day. And they go either way and she said I cry because nobody was looking at them and they do it and they this is not the first time they do do it every morning they do that because they're in different classes so and I was like oh you know that's I've you know I was <laughs> one of the most beautiful things about your kids in pictures they look at each other with so much love 
like my kids are you know their ages are very far apart and my my son deuce loves riley like loves the shit out of him yeah loves the shit out of her but riley's 12 almost 13 she's like i don't care like (laughs) give me some space bro but those moments when you see that they're in love with each other and they just they care about each other and your kids in in pictures and stuff they're always like just in love with one another it's really cool they enjoy i mean thank god the pandemic it was we too was much better i mean they're like you know and they entertain each other you know that's that's the, the most amazing thing they're and they they call each other best friends. Yeah, we were best friends, and they're puppy. You know who was my best friend or my best friend for my best friend? I say me. No, Santiago <laughs> in the belly. You know, it's like yeah, you're right. You know, so, yeah. that's so good, man. Well, um, we're gonna wrap this up. I think your children are an absolute testament to the wonderful father that you are. We've been we've been friends for a little bit now, and I think that. I wanted to tell you while everybody could hear, but I think you're one of the most genuinely kind and decent human beings and I enjoy your company. Oh, and I think that you <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're one of the best dads I've ever met and uh, I think your kids reflect that. And I really want to say that I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for letting me and and thanks for the nice words. <laughs> <laughs> Like in case you know somebody that wants to find just a family, <laughs> just I'm gonna, we're gonna put we're gonna we're gonna put pictures out. Everybody, Coco, Coco is gorgeous. No, but, whatever. Um, all right, so thank you very much for coming on today. I love you, man. I love you, Nathan. Thank right. you so much. No I appreciate problem. it. After we wrapped up recording, Coco shared another story with me that not only represented the challenges that he faced before Florida embraced the marriage equality, but also highlighted the work that Equality Florida does here in our state. So here's that story. I wasn't sure if I told you this, but uh, when, you know, uh, when Philo and I were married in New York City, and we, our marriage was not recognized in Florida. So we tried to rush and have an adoption that Philo was going to adopt our kids even though we were married in new york so by the time we decided to do the philo pass away mm. so they were not recognized as his kids um because we were a gay couple mm. but if we were a straight couple automatically even even though they were genetically his let's say if a, a male and a female get married and the female is pregnant with somebody else they uh, the kids become automatically uh, kids from the person who was married to. However, because we were gay, it did not happen with us. So, so you couldn't put both of you on the birth certificate. No. Are you? It was it just your name? Just my name. And so when he passed away, there was no legal ties to the children mm-hmm. or to any. yes. So that meant that um, I couldn't ask for death um, benefits for for his children now you said you 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 filed a lawsuit yeah I, I threatened to file a lawsuit I, I had an, I think I to equality Florida um, they helped me to get some attorneys and and review into that so um, all this was happening and you know marriage was not recognized but when the marriage was recognized in Florida the law changed so that case law that you know what I told you about um, was applied to me and I finally could get benefits for the kids from Philip. So now their kids are Philip's kids as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. But Jesus Christ, Florida, fuck! Come on, man. So, how long did the process take? Did it automatically like? Poof! Now they're his kids. When when the when the law changed, or you still had to you still had to push and fight. I was put as a person of interest in his death certificate, not as his spouse. Fuck me. So, <laughs> because the law changed, we had to file um, an amendment, and that I was his spouse. So with that, I was able to reapply or readdress the you know the benefits for my kids <laughs> um so you 
once the law changed, you then you had to go back and do all of the stuff to get it to get it applied. Yes. And how long did that process take? Almost two years. How? So obviously it was it was financially taxing. How 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 emotionally painful was it to have to say to have to fight people to legally recognize that you two loved each other and had children together? It was it was one more one more uh, stress added to my my. My tragedy. I mean, I don't want to say it, like pitiful, but you know, it, it was you know, it was one more things to worry about, and I, you know, I got tired. I you know, I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm tired, but you know, it happened, so it changed. And and you said the organization that helped you was Equality Florida. Yes. Uh, <laughs> damn man, jeez, the fuck we doing? <laughs>